Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma's Kennedy from the all-new Final Furlong Podcast studios. We could go Joe Rogan style and say, and we're live, but we don't have cameras. But I can tell you that finally, in our new studio, Kevin Blake has been handed the bottle of Moet that he won. Oh, yeah. Fair and square. Given to us very kindly by one of our loyal listeners, Jane, at our at the races Cheltenham preview night. To be honest, you, I was on the phone and you walked into the room and handed it to me, and I, I honestly had no clue what it was for. Like, okay, thanks, <laughs> cheers. I, I love that you just took a bottle of like it's such a regular occurrence that you get given a bottle of champagne that you don't even ask why. You there we go. Yeah, it, you yeah. just take it. There we go. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. Like, not, not before time. Now, slow pair, Kennedy. Slow pair. I was wondering. Well, first of all, you haven't been here in in the new studio as it's been under construction, but. But, you know, welcome along. Welcome back to it, by the way. Uh, technically speaking, we now have two studios, but I, I think this is coming along nicely. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Producer D's got to get the paint work done, but aside from that. Uh, this is At The Races Pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. And also, uh, you have heard in the background, uh, the queen of At The Races and the host of the At The Races Bloodstock Show, Don't Tell Gina Bryce. I said that because obviously Gina... Uh, is uh, really the queen of ATR, or is it Ali, or is it Alex? Anyway, it's whoever you're talking to at the time, clearly. <laughs> yeah, basically. Hi, Ali. Uh, welcome back to the show, <laughs> Vanessa Ryle. Hello. Hi there. I am. I am. I'm not the queen. I'm like the princess. I'm uh. just like one down. Those girls are above me in the in the sort of throne capacity. So what you're saying is you're at the races, Meghan Markle. Oh, yes, I am, actually. That is me. That is me, because like Megan, I have improved and improved and improved myself. I have gone from, like Megan, sitting outside being a tourist to being inside and running the show. (laughs) Running the show? (laughs) Tell you who is running the show, Aidan O'Brien, who won his second lock-in stakes. I'm saying second from memory. I think it is. Hawking obviously had that devastating performance uh, a few years ago. yeah. Never to be repeated from him. Uh, and Rhododendron, uh, a filly, I think Red Evie was the last filly to win. She was the dam of found. Dropping back to a mile, uh, <laughs> winning in Group 1 company. And is this a case of the lads have identified that there's no Winksy and that this, this miling crop Winksy. is pretty rubbish? So let's drop our... 1,000 guineas second and a Phillies mile winner as a juvenile back in trip and we can clean up. 
Um, they dropped her in trip and she won. I don't know if there was any great master plan there. They didn't have a whole... Uh, they didn't have many better candidates, probably, at this stage of the season. The, uh, the older horse division doesn't look super strong, with a couple of exceptions, some of who mm. are on the sidelines at the minute. Um, not a vintage lock-in, you'd have to say, in terms of quality, but a fantastic horse race. Um, you'd have to be a small bit sickened for Lightning Spear, who is a lovely, if slightly limited horse at the very highest level. And you wouldn't knock him for, for winning or for getting his head in front in the group one. And uh, this might have been the best chance he has on, on British soil, certainly. Um, and a valiant effort he made. But Rhododendron, uh, there we go, came on a lot from her seasonal reappearance and got back to winning ways here. And uh, I think deservedly so as well. I mean, obviously, she was second to the mighty winter. Uh, tipped up by certain Kevin Blake. <laughs> I'm after timing. <laughs> Awful case of after timing. I'm going to have to go to the doctor about that. Uh, I don't know what's going on. But she There's w- only one cure for that. <laughs> one bullet. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> but she did have a, a terrific season last year, albeit a, a somewhat frustrating one. Like she bumped into Winter, who was obviously high class. She bumped into Enable, who was high class. But she got her grade one uh, or her group one win in France. And the decision to keep her and hydrangea in training means they obviously feel they can do more the fact that they've beaten the Colts here means it's surely all roads to Royal Ascot and you would imagine that they would stay the mile route for the Queen Anne I don't know look it, it, it's just great that she's back because she had that horrible um, that horrible incident to Shanti last year where she broke That's a right. blood vessel badly um, and it's not often you'd see uh, you know one come back from that at the very highest level so you know the fact that she's back winning group ones um, and has won two group ones since is a fair testament to her um, would you say at the mile I suppose you probably would I suppose you probably would I think that there perhaps have other options over 10 furlongs for, for others and with these fillies like when they keep these fillies in training which they've been doing so more and more in recent years I, they, I think they essentially use them as gap fillers if they don't have a cold um, for a big you know open group one they'll yeah. slot in a rhododendron they'll slot in a hydrangea um, when needed and look she's clearly very capable and she'll do a fine job representing them be it a mile be it ten furlongs yeah she's um, she's a high class horse to be able to call on absolutely nice nice little super sub to have to, to drop in if you don't have a, a good coat to, to run in the same race it is a stallion farm operation at the end of the day. Like that's what they're trying to do is get the next big champion. But Aiden O'Brien's just got this serious ability to be able to succeed with Phillies, and it's quite remarkable the uh, the amount of of talented Phillies that he has trained over the years, and and even the ones that he currently has in the yard, uh, from juveniles to to four year olds, as we're seeing with Rhododendron. Um, I suspect Vanessa Ryle that she will go for the Queen Anne. The reason being, uh, she will want to stay away from a certain cracksman. Yeah, I mean, not going to repeat what Kevin said because I think they will probably use her as a super sub and swerve certain horses and they'll have other horses for other races. And so she will probably end up in the Queen Anne. And to be honest with you, I thought "Mm, she's not going to win another, like a decent group one at a mile. like the, an open group one at a mile. Um, and I thought, nah, she won't. And then when I went and looked at the Queen Anne anti-post betting, I realized that basically it's kind of like the lock-inch all over again with a few others added in. And so she probably would have a great chance. I mean, you can make a case for Lightning Spear in, in the Queen Anne. 
uh, on the basis that a couple of people, you know, said he wandered off a true line. He had to go over towards the rail in Lockinge, whereas Rhododendron went straight. And obviously, tactically, with Lancaster Bomber and Deauville, it all went beautifully for her. Um, would he turn the tables? I think this was probably his best shot of the group one. And the truth of the matter is, is like, as we said last week, this was a windy group one. She's won a windy group one at a mile. Um, but it's a windy category at the moment, the sort of older horses at a mile. And maybe she'll make hey whilst the sun's shining and credit to her because she's tough. You know, she was straight down the middle of that track at Newbury. She never wavered off a true line. She sticks her head down. She, you know, maybe she'll get caught out by something classier along the way. In fact, I'm, I'm sure she probably will, especially at a mile. But credit to her, like lots of people feeling sorry for Lightning Spear. I, I wasn't really. I, I thought credit to her. She um, was real tough and genuine, straight as a die, and I love that about her. Our our selection, or my selection, Careful now. The, the Twitter heads are going to have a go at you. I know. I've been told off for his pronunciation, and to be honest with you, I'm just confused by it. I'd rather just not say it anymore. Um, but basically, he travelled well for a little while, and then with about a furlong and a half to go, he sort of ran out of petrol he'll probably come on for the run because he has been off for so long and then of course Lamato. are we going to talk about the fact that pollen is a factor these days yeah, I've, got a, I've got a bone to pick with you kennedy i've got a bone to pick with you niggy uh, did you just call me <laughs> nidge from love hate you because, compare me to a crime boss because this pollen is a thing everyone everyone that deals with thoroughbreds is scared senseless of rapeseed when it's in bloom it's it has a horrendous reputation it's been it's been a thing for many years now and it makes sense because it all you know all these things things bloom at different times but a lot a lot of the time when the weather picks up everything will, will start to flower and go into bloom and because we had such a you know a, a unseasonable spring it's coming a little bit later than usual and Henry Candy feels that, that that's what's happened the, the, the rapeseed has bloomed there's an awful lot of pollen in the air and the thoroughbred respiratory system is just really, really sensitive, and rapeseed pollen is it can do a lot of damage in there. It can throw them off. You only need a, a small bit of a negative influence there to to take uh, to take away from a thoroughbred's performance. The margins are are so uh, slim. Mm. So look, it, maybe it's a load of rubbish, but it is a genuine excuse. Um, maybe. Who knows if if it applied in this case? Hold but on it, it is a, it is a genuine excuse if it, if it is indeed what happened. So you have a bone to pick with me, but then you're backing away from it. No, not at all. You, you were you were saying it like it was the most ridiculous thing you'd ever heard. No, <laughs> that's not what I said. What I tweeted was pollen. <laughs> is that the new thing now? Is it? Yeah. And the, and the reason is this is a perfectly genuine. Like we had, I had a good conversation on Twitter, and there were a lot of people pointing out exactly what you just said. That indeed it is an issue, and there are a number number of trainers who pay farmers. Uh, to make sure that, that it doesn't happen um, in, in their yards, which is interesting. But the problem is, this is a case of the boy who cried wolf. A little bit, yeah. Because. <laughs> it is, you're right, you're right. It's just like, it's been so ridiculous with this horse. Like, he's, he's obviously very, very talented. But on this occasion, the comments are coming from the trainer. But because we've had, oh no, Harry Bentley can't ride that horse again because he'll be mentally scarred and he'll remember when he gets back up on him. Oh, the cloud seeding in Dubai. <laughs> You know, that's I mean, what's cost us the bit. race. I'm sure he's a nice man, but come on, like. And that's the thing about excuses in, in sport. Like, you're, you're, even if you think you have a genuine excuse, you're probably better off saying nothing because it'll come back to bite you. It's a little bit like David Hay 
the time he was beaten by by, by Valdemar Klitschko and it was, he, he got it was up, my toe. He got up on a table and blamed his toe. And lads, a broken toe is a perfectly genuine excuse for a boxer. If you've broken a toe and tried to walk around, it's not nice. It's, it's a genuine excuse, but it just looks ridiculous yeah. for a boxer to be standing up on a table saying, Oh, me toe would have done it. You're better off saying nothing, lads. Yeah. Keep the excuses to yourself. Go back to war the next day and prove them wrong. Uh, and then get beaten twice by Tony Bell Unimit the second oh. time. It was just... <laughs> It's just too much. Um, in terms of Lamato, and, and Vanessa makes a good point here, there is a suggestion that he will stick to a mile and go for the Queen Anne. He's a sprinter, isn't he? Ah, look, especially a mile at Ascot. I think it's, it's just a bad idea. I, I just don't get they the obs- I, I just don't get the it. obsession. Yeah. I don't get it. You've got a, you've got a, a Group One sprinter. He's a six-year-old gelding. Like, what are you doing messing about? Like. You know, you can run him at Ascot on one of the sprints there. A ra- a, you know, you could run him over to, in the in the the Diamond Jubilee. A race he's gone very well in before. He ran a stormer in that last year. Just run him. Just run him. Just stop messing about with a mile, especially a stiff mile. It's For me, it's a waste of time. And look, if he goes and wins, fantastic. Good luck to them. But um, he's a gelding. I, I just don't know what they're doing. I, they, they've had this notion in their head for a while. Their horse, they can do what they want, but I just don't. Mm. I just don't see it myself. I do remember Oasis Dream, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, going for the Breeders' Cup Mile when, at the time, there was no Breeders' Cup turf sprint, um, and you just would have really liked to have seen him go for the the dirt sprint and see if he could handle dirt, and and you know Richard Hughes put into that position and see how it would have gone for a brilliant trainer like John Gosden. Um, but Gosden decided to go for the mile for whatever reason. Of course, it didn't work out well, mainly because the horse is trained, a sprinter is trained like a, like a springed coil. You go. Uh, whereas a miler, you're then a trying springed to... springed coil! That's that's exactly what John Gosden said. A, a coil, coil spring! Coil spring. Coil spring. <laughs> spring coil. Oh, folks. I'm in, I'm in real pain. <laughs> Here I, we go. And I Here mean, we go. And I mean serious pain. So, um, oh, my painkillers. For, 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 <laughs> you are... Kevin Blake, you are being brutal with our Emmett tonight. I tell you, I'm like a, a medic... I'm rattling around like a medical pinata. So um, uh, apologies in advance for the epic amount of blunders that will be inevitably in this show. Um, the common sense approach is just go for sprinting with him. Uh, Lancaster Bomber, surely there's a, a big one in him. Or is he just is he just group two, grade two type? Yeah, look, maybe he could win it. Maybe he could win a grade one in America, perhaps. Uh, but uh, you'd be disappointed if he won one in in Britain at this stage, I think, or Ireland. To be brutally it's honest, rubbish enough though, isn't Agreed. it? I, I mean, think let's, bit, let's look around. Short. Let's look around. Surely the Winksy camp, old Winksy, caps available from Kevin Blake. Contact Kevin Blake for the old Winksy baseball caps. Very kindly, I have one. Vanessa, did you get yours? <laughs> Coming to a race uh, course soon, unlike Winx. Coming to a British race course soon is your old Winxy cap, unlike Winx yourself. That horse would absolutely bolt up in the mile races available in the UK and Ireland right now. For if she, four if year she, if she ran to her form, she would definitely. But because would there is she run nothing. Yeah. With the exception of Rhododendron. Yeah, it's just really disappointing she's not coming over, but we won't do all that to that again. Um, it's a weak division, absolutely. So the Queen Anne's there for the taking. Rudded Engine, you should probably go for that. Mm, quite possibly, yeah. All right. Uh, no name ever. Big weekend for him. Mm. The Irish Rovers horse you talked about on this very show. You were oh, making yeah. the point. Yes, you were making the point that this $150,000 yearling uh, was backed off the boards as though defeat was out of the question and then it all went horribly wrong at Ascot. Uh, he did look in trouble briefly 
we were watching this race back here in the studio a little bit earlier on, but in the end, Kevin, he has run out quite an impressive winner. Yeah, he was good. He jumped on terms this time, which would have been, you know, the first objective, and he did that and traveled very, very powerfully, got pocketed at a fairly crucial stage, and that would have been enough to see most two-year-olds beaten i think but once once it opened up for him again he exploded through the gap and a pretty nice performance now and we'll talk about the other um notable winning two-year-olds from the weekend notably at nace but um i thought this fellow was good now he was right up there with the best of them i thought even though there there would have been superior performances in terms of raw ratings i'm sure but um i liked him i thought he was very good he's very much an ascot two-year-old and if he was to go to ascot what would you be aiming at i'd say he'd be a commentary horse yeah the, do, do we not see the Coventry horse? Yeah, we'll, so we'll talk about him in due course. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I think okay. I think he's a Coventry horse. All right, okay. We had this debate last year. I know which one of us got it right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Vanessa Riley, <laughs> Crystal Crystal Ocean made it two from two for the season. What did you make of him as his success at Newbury? Uh, yeah, very nice indeed. Is he going to be good enough to compete with those top class middle distance horses? Obviously, when I'm mentioning that, I'm basically saying, is he going to beat Cracksman at any stage this year? No. Probably not. But can he farm a race like the Hardwick? Of course he can. He probably deserves to be favorite for that, which I'm sure he is. Um I, you know, I, I, I like him. He's from a lovely family. He's by Sea the Stars. He had a great day at Newbury uh, because he also had the uh, seat of class for the Haggises. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it was very impressive. But he, he, he went and did what he was meant to do, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm sure the hard work is there for the taking. But, bang, bang. Uh, yeah, exactly. That and then is. whilst we're on it, just sea of class was class um that was after itv had gone off air but she was really impressive she's a horse that's been spoken about potentially for the oaks i think that'll come a touch too soon she's owned by the same people who see the stars himself and uh she really impressed me really really impressed me i'm excited about seeing her going forward she's just absolutely gorgeous and she's bred beautifully and haggis team flying yeah. So that's my Newbury review. Rattle through. <laughs> bang, bang. Let's go to York. Let's go to York. Uh, I think we should all go, actually, for the crack. But seriously, Stradivarius. So we uh, talked about this race on the Matchbook Betting Podcast. Uh, ching, podcast ching. There. Uh, I think ching, you may ching, very well be ching, familiar ching, with Ken Blake. That don't pay me anything. Um, therefore, you have absolutely no interest in promoting the product <laughs> at all. But it is a good show, and there is some good insight. And, uh <sighs> Move on. We were talking about the Yorkshire Cup, and the point that I made is Max Dynamite was, what, 11-2 to two for this race? His form has gone to pot. He's won one race. It was at Killarney under Patrick Mullins since, <laughs> since that awful night. That we, I say night. It was day, obviously, for them, but staying up all night to watch Frankie Dettori get chinned. Um so Stradivarius got sent off a very, very short price favorite. You could get odds against mm. uh, slightly during the week. Um, is he a serious contender to Order of St. George? Well, obviously, he came up short against last year, Vanessa. Uh, he ran well in the St. Ledger. But would he see out the two mile four at Royal Ascot, do you think? I think on that performance, he's a very, very serious contender for the Gold Cup. He... Um... It, well, the performance mighty impressive. You don't need me to tell you that. It was just a very, very good performance. Great starting point for him. Um, I think 
he's another Sea of Stars, of course. Great time of yeah. it. Um, but I think will you see out the trip? Of course, that extreme trip of two miles for three or whatever it is is obviously, uh, you know, obviously it's an unknown until they try it. But there's no reason he doesn't run in a particular way that would make me think that he wouldn't get the trip. Um, you know, he switches off nice enough. He runs the way you want a stayer to run. Um, he'll be, you know, they'll, they'll have to go there and try it. He's not going to have an opportunity to try it between now and then, obviously. So it's just the case of seeing, I suppose. But I think he's very, very high class. And I think he's probably improved now as a four-year-old. He's bred to improve with a bit of age. He's a, another one from a great family. And... I don't know. I just, yeah, I think he's a very, very real contender for the Gold Cup. And I, I'd almost have him over Order of St. George. Order of St. George is jibby sometimes. He's a jibby thing. Sometimes he lets me down and I don't like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, I tell you what, standing beside Vanessa, Vanessa Ryle in the parade ring while on the show got beaten <laughs> and then her punching me with her friend Hannah uh, and blaming me for his defeat because I said, oh, come on, he's going so well. Um, Stradivarius. Would he see at the two mile four against Order of St. George? Because to be fair, I think if Ryan Moore had that race back last year, for all that was great for Big Orange, and it's a shame that he's going to be out for the season, um, I think he'd have won that race with a better ride last year. He's the, the, he is absolutely the standard bearer. Can Stradivarius come next to him? I think he can. I think he can, he can nearly beat him, to be honest. Yeah. I, yes, I, Kevin Blake. I, yes. I, I, I'd be with Vanessa. Order of St. George is a bit jibby, as she puts it. And uh, I just don't think the Ascot Gold Cup is a race that shows him the best effect. Um, yeah. He's won it before. He maybe should have won it last year, but he's gone on to show better form later in the season you know uh, over slightly shorter trips at different tracks and yeah I, I think he's a small bit vulnerable there and as these horses get older he's a six-year-old full horse now I think that they're only going to come become more vulnerable and Stradivarius is really putting it all together you know on another day he might have won the St. Ledger last year um, things yeah. didn't go perfectly for, for him on that occasion and uh, probably finished behind order of St. George at Ascot um on British long hard season at that stage yeah it looks off ground as well you know I think he wants proper fast ground so mm. if we get good to firm ground in the Ascot Gold Cup I you know I have a, a stronger think about it between now and then but I suspect I'd be leaning towards Stradivarius how good is yeah. Order of St. George in your view and and did he did they change things after his Ascot defeat and and did he start to to finally actually come good I think he looked better after Ascot I think they made a conscious decision to, to ride him to be a bit more positive with him hmm. and um, he went on to show improved form he was deadly in the Irish ledger um, it ran a good race again in the arc but you know I think two and a half miles as is often the case like I don't think he's a real thorough stayer at the trip you know they stay yeah but I, I think he's more effective at shorter is it his classes getting him yeah, there yeah a bit like leading light I don't, I don't think leading light was the strongest there of the Ascot Gold Cup trip, but just his class carried him just far enough to Fame get the job glory done. as well. Yeah, like I like, it, it's it's unusual for a horse that really relishes the the two and a half mile trip. But uh, I think he's better uh, at shorter. That's my view. And um, yeah, we'll see. Stradivarius might be able to test that uh, in ooh, a month's time. Yeah, it's, it's mm. not too far away, and Kevin and I will be there in top hat and tails, all being well. Uh, Harry Angel, Kevin. Um, so he got it done. He had 
Brando is a, a decent benchmark, obviously, and um, he's a horse that we quite like, and we've talked about it on the show a number of times. Uh, we work with a guy called Brando on ITV as well. <laughs> Got to say that. <laughs> Don't tell the story. Oh, I'll tell it someday. Don't tell the story. Say, save that for a live night. For for all those, I, I really want to tell the story. A, a li- no, save it, save, <laughs> it for, save it for a live broadcast. No, I'll, I'll quickly tell it. I'll quickly tell it. Oh, oh Jesus, this is one of the funniest right. things. There, um, during entry, we, we had a fire alarm go off in the in the hotel. All, all the ITV crowd, name dropper, were staying at about uh, four, four, four or five in the morning, something like that. But we're all going to be getting up at half five anyway, so it wasn't the end of the world. But everyone got evacuated. It was. It's, a, it's an hour <laughs> of sleep gone. I, I'm a very laid back fella, so it took me a long time to to get up and kind of get going and everyone was gone already and i well, stopped just to, just to say just to say right so the the alarm goes off and like i was walking around my room going yeah this is probably like probably a false alarm in fairness and then i started thinking you know well, what do i need and i i did put some clothes on and Thank looked God. out and saw <laughs> i saw cheska running down the corridor and i went yeah but she's english so you know they take this seriously whereas we're like Jeez. is that your phone <laughs> hilarious and then I popped my head out again, and there was Kevin, fully dressed. And I, I said to you, are you going? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> that was actually your response. <laughs> yeah. I, I looked out the window, and there was nothing really happening. Like, I couldn't see fire or smoke or fire engine. So I'm like, oh, it's probably fine. It's probably a false alarm. So so Kennedy says, oh, look, I'll, I'll go and find out. So he runs off down the hall. And if you know Kennedy, you can probably imagine now, just from listening to him as a listener, that it, how how would we describe Kennedy? He can be a bit dramatic now. He can be a small bit over the top. <laughs> so, so so he go, he disappears off down the I hall. Think that's the polite way. And, and, I'm, and I'm standing in the doorway waiting, thinking, oh, if I if I my my thought was right. If I walk out here. And I go outside. There's a chance they won't let us back in for ages, and that'll be a massive pain in the arse. So I'm just going to hang in here for as long as I can. Bear in mind, though, we're up in the fourth or fifth floor now, so we're not we're not, we're, we're not on the uh, on the ground floor or anything. We've some stairs to negotiate. But anyway, I'm looking out, looking down the hall, right? And Kennedy comes around the corner. And <laughs> The fire doors are closed. It, it is one of my big regrets in life that I didn't get get it videoed. He sprints down the hall, sprints with a big panic, wide-eyed panic look in his face. And we work with a guy called Brando, who's it was a floor manager. He'd he'd Kennedy had rang him, and he's like, "Oh no, no, you better come down. That's a serious. There is a fire." So Kennedy sprints down the hall, bursts through sure set of double doors, and is screaming, "Brando says go! Brando says go! Brando says go!" <laughs> <laughs> and sprints past me down the stairs. And I, oh Jesus! I had to sit down. Oh, oh Jesus! It was so funny. And the thing is, the thing is, right? oh, so I obviously don't have uh, the looks of George Clooney. But in, if you imagine that opening sequence to Eeyore, where George Clooney dramatically opens the doors, that was me, like pushing the doors open. I've never seen him move so fast, wide-eyed. Trousers half full, I'd say. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I am trying to save my friend's life. I could have just gone. I could have just uh, went, all right, thanks, and leave Kev. No, I'm trying to save his life. Do you know what happened? Here, so here's what happened, right? So I end up outside. I, I can't say where the hotel is, but I, I end up like... I walk all the way down the stairs and then finally the alarm stops and Brando rings me and says oh by the way that was, that's a false alarm mate and go back, back upstairs I'm like oh for goodness <laughs> sakes what a waste of time uh, the next day 
we find out that one of the senior producers, their job is to ensure where everybody is. And she was in a panic going, where's Emmett? Where's Kevin? Where's Emmett? Where's Kevin? Well, I had gone down the other side when I finally decided, all right, it's time to go. Kevin, after being told, get out, Brando there's says a fire, go. right? <laughs> Brando says go! Brando says go! I've done this. Casually stroll down the stairs, nonchalantly walk down, you know, not a bother. Oh, yeah. And then when the alarm stopped, I think you were on the second floor, wasn't it? You're just like, ah, grand. Actually, after you ran past me, I went back in and packed a full bag. And then, and then, and then, because because I still didn't really believe it was, it was. Like, I'd need to see smoke before I'd get in a bit of a panic. So I, I need to be seeing a fire smelling smoke before I move for any fire alarm. But it was typically then I got down the stairs eventually, put my head out the door. There was children crying and people in oh, dressing gowns oh, panicking. Oh, stop. There was fire engines there at this stage, but the alarm stopped and like, yeah, you're okay to go back up. But I'd be down there like five seconds. Like, fuck, typical. Jesus Christ. Do we know? <laughs> Never again will I respond to a fire alarm. Do we know? For, first of all, respond. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you. Uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanessa, if you saw his face. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. Oh. That moment. You witnessing that moment. I cannot begin to tell you how jealous I am. got to witness it. So genuinely funny. Oh, man. And it got to the point where I had to tell the story because I needed to get it out there because I knew Kevin was going to tell. Like, Kevin was telling everybody. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure Brando is going to get a t shirt made that just says Brando says go. In your life, is everything life or death? Like, is is it literally always that dramatic? I can't imagine. Like, where's the middle ground? No, there's, no. There, there's no middle ground because me, me and Dee even have a thing now. If something, if something tiny happens, right? If we're doing something and something tiny, tiny, unexpected thing happens, I'll go. Oh no! <laughs> because that's what that's what Kennedy does. You'll be sitting down doing something. And a tiny, something tiny would happen in front of Kennedy, and he'd go, "Oh no!" Like, like someone just shot him in the face, shot at him from a distance. Like, "Oh no!" So we're, we're, we're starting, to, we're, we're starting to do that now. Right, we need to get back on okay, track. Fa- <laughs> my, I'm actually, my eye is watering. I, I, I'm a, that, that, listeners. I'm in a proper rush to get home here, but that ten minute diversion was worth it. <laughs> it it's worth it. I'll, that, that's it now. Let's go. <laughs> hashtag Brando says hashtag, go. Hashtag, there we go. I was gonna say it. Hashtag Brando <laughs> says go uh, for oh. sure. So. Right, where are we? Right. Dante, Dante. Okay. Oh, dearie Let's me. go on to uh, Dante because basically, Harry, to recap, Harry Angel, great, gassy as you like, whatever. Got a huge engine. Nobody cares until he meets Batash, basically. Yeah. Well, so sure, that. Asher, look at that. George Bowen put up a faster time than Harry Angel. No. So don't mind your exactly. Harry Angel. Up the Bowen. It's all about the George. Now this is <laughs> this is the big thing. Uh, we are releasing a. 17 hour long special <laughs> podcast uh, dedicated to the life and times of George Bowen and the fact that uh, the team managed to pull off one of the greatest touches of all time this has been in the planning for three years three years of losing money on this horse but all to get it set up for the big day to go and absolutely sluice in at York. Now, seriously, um, like this is just, this is great. Like, obviously, we talked about the horse an awful lot. You bred him and 
he succeeded for you again. And this damn Kevin uh, Midnight Oasis, she's been an absolute dream yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, don't ask me to explain this now, but it happened, and he absolutely bolted up by six lengths. Um, his revised rating is coming out tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see what the handicapper does. But he's in under a penalty at Goodwood on Friday. Oi, they, they, they'll have to run him. They'll oi, have to oi. run him. Um, because he, he'll be... I'd, he has to get a double-digit rise. Um, they don't go as hard on him in England as they do in Ireland. But he has to be double-figure rise. So he's in under a six-pound penalty on Friday. And hopefully he'll he'll produce a, a similar sort of form and bolt up again. But that could be the best 25 minutes of all time. Because Hua Hin is entered at bat 20, 25, 25 minutes before George Bowen's race. So oh, that could be... And Bezos, the, the, the three-year-old out of the mayor is running tomorrow at Nottingham so, so it's, it's all go in the line in the line of succession who's the eldest brother like where do the, if, if this was Game of Thrones who was who's in order to get the crown uh, Georgie was the oldest one at the minute Mr. Wynn was the first one but he he died unfortunately oh, he went no. got a good alpha and paid a fortune for him and he got killed out in the desert but anyway uh. Um, he was a good horse. He, really oh, he was. Horse. He was. He was better than any of these. He was a serious horse. Yeah. Um. So you have Georgie. Then it goes down to Muta Hadi, who I found out only yesterday is after winning two races out in Bahrain. Uh, nice. In, 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 in Bahrain in, in recent weeks. Yeah. So he's a he's a what six time winner now seven time winner. We actually as a four year old. I'm not kidding. We actually have listeners in Bahrain. Because you can look up the map to see where people are listening. Yeah, if anyone's if anyone's a big fan of racing in Bahrain, tell me where I can find some uh, some detailed form because I'm struggling to find it. But uh, he won a nice race out there a few weeks ago, seemingly. Um, nice. And there you go. Yeah, he's. I found the handicap ratings in Bahrain. He's the 16th highest rated horse in Bahrain right now. <laughs> and, uh, and there's 17 horses there, so that's some achievements. <laughs> uh, no, anyway. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to know more about that. And there are listeners to the podcast in Bahrain. So um, so yeah, let us know. Uh, who else? There was a, a younger horse then that was with Carl Burke. Um, that was him. Yeah, that was him. He he it? won three races at two, won a three, and then was sold. And is in Bahrain now, and he's won at least two, I think. So Hua Hin runs on Friday. He's entered. He's also entered at Salisbury, but looking at the entries, I suspect they might run at bat. And um, he was very impressive on debut. Yeah, look, bare form. It's nothing to write home about, but I'd be very hopeful he could step up a nice bit on a sounder surface, and he'll, he'll certainly get that at bat unless they get monumental amounts of rain between now and then. So, so that'll be super exciting, because if he can win, if he can defy a penalty... Um, He'll be Ascot bound, I'd yeah. imagine. And that would be the biggest thrill of all time. So we'll wait and see how that goes. <laughs> and, and not only that, George Bone will be Ascot bound. And this time he won't be going for Handicap Company. He'll be taking on Harry Angel and <laughs> thrashing him. I'd say he'll go for the Wokingham because off his, it depends what his revised mark is because you tend to need to be about these days 99 or 100 to get into the Wokingham. Yeah. He missed out on it, I think, two years ago. So he'll be in the region to get into the walking and that'll be a massive thrill as well. So, so fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. Um, he might. He won't win it, but well, he might. He might win it. But the improvement that he showed there uh, on that ground. Well, time form gave him a seven pound, a career best effort by seven pounds. He's one hundred and thirteen on time form. Like the the sectionals, the time. There's no fluke about this. Like good luck explaining it, <laughs> but. 
it's a genuine performance. <laughs> well, well, there could have just have been. And, and you were talking about trainers and the <clears throat> the pollen situation with Lamato and the amount of effort the trainers go into. It may very well be that they just changed his regime. Well, look, Fahey has, has said from a very early stage with this fella that he works like a group horse. He works like a group horse every day he works, but he just doesn't tend to put it down on track for some reason. And um, that was... And he did. That was probably not far off a group performance. Oh, it was stunning. Yeah. Um, he's he's one off 89, I know, but six lengths in a sprint handicap is no joke. In a, in a really competitive, <laughs> you know, 20-runner field or whatever it was, 19 runners. Um, that's no joke. So, yeah, look, it's, uh, some thrill. I was in the middle of a field watching it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was I was I was out doing some fencing with lads, and I had it up on the had it up on the app watching it. And, oh Jesus, we got some kick out of it. Now, now he, here's the thing. Here's the thing for for those of you who are thinking, oh Kevin Blake, big time Charlie, he's out there working with the man. He's out there getting the jobs on. He, he's not afraid to roll up the sleeves and get stuck in. Yeah, putting putting down some fencing that who I hadn't paid for. <laughs> Uh, which which further goes into the uh, fact that you were paranoid and you're just putting in more and more security and more and more protection for the horses. Oh, no, big sure time, yeah. More cotton wool, more. Uh, no <laughs> cotton. It also leads around to the fact that he's in a rush to get home to feed his horses and we've just wasted 20 minutes talking about... <laughs> Brothers, let's go! Brothers, let's go! <laughs> to- totally worth it. And Georgie boy! Uh, <laughs> right, hold on, we'll, we'll kick into, um, into the Dante. Definitely. Yeah, so... Um, let's talk about the Roaring Lion. So... Uh, Zabriskie obviously ran an absolute stormer thank you very much Zabriskie and Shemi Efferdin uh, Roaring Lion zipped up at 50s thank you very much uh, Roaring Lion um, so the, the story is that the owner was very disappointed that he got beaten in the 2000 guineas which indicated that they expected a big run from him and he is lined yeah. up in the Dante and gone and won and in the end Kevin Blake oh, yeah. he has won quite well now the talk was the French Derby but today that talk has changed. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the performance first. It was very good, I thought. Um, I had slight concerns about how he'd settled over the longer trip, but he, he settled very well. He got well covered up, and he settled well. And um, once he got the, the, a lovely split that he got about two furlongs out, he quickened well and put the race to bed. Um, edged a little bit left, as he often does, but ultimately won very well. Um, and he, lo- he looks quick to me. Like and the, the, there was talk of the pre Jockey Club, and now uh, Sheikh Fahad has seemingly left the decision solely down to John Gosden. And Gosden said today that they're, they're slightly favouring Epsom, but a decision will be made tomorrow, which is Tuesday, which is when most of you will be listening to this. So you may well already know the decision. But it's just really interesting that they're they're strongly considering Epsom, and because stepping up in trip would definitely be, he wouldn't be certain to get it. He wouldn't be certain to enjoy the track, I don't think. Um, so it it would be a big shout. There no. is there is only one derby, but it'd be a big decision. <coughs> you're yeah, right there, I, coffee. You're all right there, Vanessa. I, I wasn't cough. I actually wasn't coughing to get in on the conversation <laughs> there, but I'm going to take the opportunity now that I've got my gap. Um, so uh, I'm surprised by this if this is the decision, but I don't want to go too much into it in case we're talking about the wrong thing. It's just a waste of time. But what I do find interesting is like the way he the way he is the what we've seen of him so far this season. He's obviously a real work in progress because just the way you, when you listen to Gosden talk about him after the races or before races or whatever, it's very clear that he wasn't anywhere near ready for the Craven, but they ran him anyway. They were happy enough with his run in the Guineas. And then they knew stepping him up to 10 furlongs was going to be his ideal trip. I mean, literally on everything, on the times he's shown, 
on the way he runs, on his pedigree, all of those things added up. It's for me, ten furlongs is is his absolute ideal. Mm. And the the pre the jockey club, the French Derby, is sponsored by his owners basically. And I I I don't understand why you wouldn't go there personally. Um, you, and, and we were t- not even mentioning the fact that he's gone up against Saxon Warrior twice and failed to get past him twice. Um, Saxon Warrior is going to appreciate the step up and trip, you would think. We don't even know if this lad will. I mean, look, there's loads of questions. Um, but the performance itself was very impressive. I just hope they keep him to a mile and a quarter and, because I just think that he showed plenty of pace. He looks fast. Yeah. And the, and then the way he rolled around the York track. I mean, York is a lovely track. What's he going to do on the Canberra of Epsom? Mm. I wouldn't fancy that. And I just think... For me as well, they're a stallion operation. They'll want to stand him as a stallion. And to stand him at a stallion, he needs to win a classic or, well, a group one, but ideally a classic. And if he can do that in France, then that, that for me, is worth so much more than a second or a third rolling around the track behind Saxon Warrior or A, another Bally Doyle. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll leave it open for the minute because we will have, obviously, a full full Epsom preview. And if they do make the decision to run here, we'll we'll go in-depth on them. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's okay. a it's a big shout for them to make now. Like he, his yeah. pedigree is littered with ten furlong horses, and the the whole reason that the French dropped their Derby back to ten furlongs was to attract this kind of horse. Well, so I, it, I think if you stay ten, you know, class will get you an awful long way in the Derby. Mm. Uh, but we, we, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But surely this just means that the Aidan O'Brien team and Saxon Warrior is sitting back watching that, listening to this podcast now, laughing away to himself, going, <laughs> "How good am I?" Because it's just a massive boost for his form. Oh, it is, I suppose, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about an, another horse at York quickly before we move on? Go on. My One of my favourite performances of York, at York was Charming Kid, the Richard Fahey two-year-old that, that came from the Breeze Up sales from um, Eddie O'Leary. Mm-hmm. Did anyone see that? Yep. Uh, he was just... He's by Charm Spirit, who... I think it's going to have a really big year. He's already whacked out sort of three or four winners in a week. And he just went about it really well. I thought he showed loads of pace. I think they might run him. Um, well, they'll definitely, he'll definitely be a Royal Ascot horse. And I think he'll probably go to the Coventry. I think he's priced at about 20 to 1. But I just think he's going to be a two-year-old to really keep on side of the Richard Fahey's horses. He's sort of a natural He's a real speed. He's just all speed, basically. And he cost 105000 at that Doncaster sales. He was one of the nice horses there. And he was, when he breezed, he wasn't top of the breeze, but he was sort of top scattered. He was in the top 10 overall, but he was scattered around the sort of top two or three at various different markers along the breeze. And he just did a really nice time. And I think he, I, I really liked him when I saw him there. And I think he's a lovely horse. Good shout. Let's go to Nace, shall we? The Coolmore War Command. Rochestown Stakes was won by Sergei Prokhiev. Sergei Prokhiev. It's like me saying Shushudwa. 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 Sergei Prokhiev. And you, you, and this is the horse you were referring to earlier, Kennedy. Yes. I assume when you yes, when, was, when top yeah. turned to the Coventry. Yeah. Des, so you were comrade. You were obviously very impressed with him. Yeah, the only one of these who was actually beaten, but um, you could say tenderly handled on debut. Uh, you pointed out last year, Kevin, that a lot of these Edna Bryan horses um, 
they're quite happy for them to be educated on debut and uh, and that brings them on and this horse has clearly learned an awful lot yeah um, I'll, I'll refer back to that done. in a minute Kenneth because that, that's a, an important point and the other listed race we saw at Nace the other two year old listed race but he was good here look he's taking a big he's step he them this is really impressive yeah look it's it's tough to win a listed, a listed race for two year olds in Ireland like this he's up against the heap of maiden winners there's not too many soft maidens in Ireland and um, he's hammered him mm. and he's done I like that you'd have to like the style he did it in he's certainly an ascot horse he's got a big turn of foot um, he's 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 been a bit raw in front pretty much every time he's gone left last twice um, you know he does run about a little bit he won't want to do that at Ascot now he'll need to be a little bit straighter um, but t- you know you need to be you need to be on your game at Ascot and, and not doing that type of thing but that's probably just rawness and he should improve again he was good and sharp from the stalls um, on Sunday as he was the previous day and yeah, look, lots to like about him, but you know, I would have very little between him and the Irish Rover, even though really? even though Sergey has shown quite a bit more in bare form terms. Um, I wouldn't have loads between them now. The so we've talked about the price of Aidan O'Brien horses being sent off and Coolmore horses being sent off before of being an indication of just how good they can be. Nine to four on on debut, obviously beaten two to five, two to seven. Um, you could argue about the strength and depth there, but it gives you an indication of the regard that they hold this horse in. And there's obviously an awful lot of expensive talent there. Uh, he's one of them, but he looks as though, you know, he's a scat daddy. We know their record at Ascot as well. Norval's going to be all over this filly. He's going to be dripping in gravy. Um, he just does look like a horse who's going to be, they obviously hold in high regard and is going to be quite exciting. Yeah, and we'll see where he goes. You know, he, he's run exclusively over five so far. They normally send a big one to the Coventry so look where he goes will tell you a story and he could go for the Norfolk of course he's we've, ludicrously short for the Coventry Kevin, we, we've, we've had this discussion before but we'll wait and see where he's decked and if he goes for the Coventry you can take that as as, as big an endorsement as you could get for him I suspect he will go for the Coventry but oh, he could well do so yeah. price is laughable isn't it I mean like he's but way too short charming kid will just beat them all so it's fine <laughs> Just told well, you that. Wait, 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 gets hold of him. Uh, oh, yeah, geez. exactly. Here, here comes Kevin Blake's breeding. You're forgetting about that. Um, so perfect, it was beaten, Kevin, and, uh, and and beaten quite well, to be fair. But it's in saying that it's a fine performance uh, for Jessica Arrington, who gets a one-two, and again, it's another winner for No Name Never. So big weekend for him as a stallion. Yes, yeah, Servalan. Yeah, re- you know, bit of an upset here, you'd have to say, but had been had been unlucky first time, you'd have to say, was second to Andre Amar, who finished second to, to Sergey earlier on the card to give that form a boost, and she was unlucky. She got, uh, you know, Colm O'Donoghue was, was a bit of a victim of a fine bit of riding by Colin Keane because Colin arrived up on his outside and boxed her up and um, got first run on her. And, you know, she wasn't beaten up at all to finish a, a rapidly closing second. So, you know, that was a, a run full of promise. And she's clearly built on that a lot here. She was still a bit raw, a bit green under pressure, but she was well on top. And she's an Ascot filly, I'd say for sure. Um, Albany Stakes, perhaps. Um, but there was an awful lot to like about that. Just her second run, um, no name never. You know, big win for him uh, for a sire with, with monstrous expectations coming into this season. Why are the expectations so high for him? Just for just for new listeners to the podcast, and we've talked about breeding on the show before, and, and we've got a lot of feedback to say that listeners are quite interested in it. So, why is no name never so important to Coolmore this year? Um, it's not even. It's just 
he was like he was he didn't retire as a super expensive sire. You know, his first season he stood for twenty grand. Um and you know you get a lot of sires. Well not a lot, but you get a good few standing around that level. And his first folds didn't really set the world alight. There wasn't a huge amount of them, to be fair. And his first crop isn't huge. I believe he might have had a li- had a little bit, a bit of a setback at some stage during his first covering season. And he might only have... I'll get to the, the number here, but off the top of my head, I think he might only have 80 or so in his first crop, oh. which isn't a huge number. Um, but I'll... I'll get the factual facts up here in front of me so I'm not misleading anyone. That's got to be another t-shirt and a meme. Uh, please, factual listeners, facts. someone's got to do a Kevin Blake factual facts meme for us. Hey, please. look, as I said before, in this era of alternative facts and fake news, factual facts are what you want. He had 89 life folds by my record. Okay. Um, which isn't a big number. You know, for, for Coolmore especially, they could a high-profile first-season sire will generally pump out well over 100. Um, but he, I, I believe, and I'm, I'm open to correction now, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he had a little setback at some stage in, in his first season that just held him back numbers-wise. But it was when they, they started coming through as yearlings, and they went absolutely bananas for him at the yearling sales. The the numbers that were put up were phenomenal. Um, on the strength of his yearling sales results, Coolmore put him, you know, traditionally stallion farms will lower a stallion's fee just before their first runners come in because it is a fundamentally really risky time to use a stallion mm. because if you use we'll say if you use so no they never there in february or march and his first crop come out and are, are absolute disasters before your foal is even born you've got a disaster on your hands yeah. you know it's a very it's a very risky year to use a stallion um but they rather than reduce it and you know maybe they, a lot of farms they might not reduce it on paper but they'll certainly be open to lots of deals they actually increase them from 17 and a half grand to 25 which is a, which is an unusual thing they did the same thing with camelot um, and I think there might be one other case that I can't quite recall off the top of my head but it's a very unusual thing um, that they did there and early doors yet but he's made of so far the results have been very positive and there's plenty of chit chat around the place about other known A's in Ballydoyle and in other places Land that, Force and the Irish Rover we've talked about already yeah and ones that you haven't seen yet as well mm. so there's there's plenty of chit chat and at the minute it's looking very positive for anybody to weigh in with him and this filly looks, looks a proper ascot filly I think and the key thing with this horse Kevin is that he is a son of Scat Daddy who unfortunately is no longer with us but was an incredibly important stallion to Coolmore and actually after his death became even more important because we got to see the success of the likes of Lydia Aurelia uh, and and many others, Caravaggio. Um, so they're looking for the successor to Galileo, but they're also looking for the successor to him as well. Yeah, big time. And he is, you know, we've, we've talked about outcrosses before, and this fellow is a proper outcross for any, any of those Galileo mares. So if he can take the necessary step up with, it, with his runners this season and next season, one would imagine that a lot of those nice mares in Coolmore those Galileos, those Dane Hills will, will be sent in his direction and he'll become very, very important. You know, Caravaggio, I can only imagine what once his first book is completed this season, the amount of stars you'll see in there because he's the same. He's a total outcross for those mares mm. and, and they need him. You know, yeah. Deep Impact, they won't be able to send a million mares to Deep Impact um, because his, his, he's difficult to get into even if you have uh, world-class mares. Even uh, if you are the biggest stallion farm in the world, good luck. That's like it. They've, they've only had three mares to them each of the last, yeah. think, maybe four years, five years. It would be the same for the Aga Khan. It would be the same for Kaladabdala. That's just the way it is. Yeah, so they would love to have a stallion um, at home in Feder that is a total outcross for all those. And um, and look, it, it, 
most stallions don't make it even high profile ones that, that when they go to stud and None could, could well be the one he could well be the one and Caravaggio time will tell but look we've seen there's been numerous sons of Galileo that have retired to Coolmore and haven't come up to the mark yet. Yeah. They're still waiting for that for that successor. And while they'll never be able to replace Galileo, they'll be hopefully they'll be very much hoping to get one that can that can step into the breach and do, you know, three quarters as good a job as him and that'd be a fantastic result. But I know he's gonna do it. Highland Reel's gonna do it. Highland Ooh. Reel's gonna be the big fella. He's gonna be the big Galileo superstar. Uh, but th- this is this is interesting. These no name nevers, and I think it's worth keeping an eye on them. Particularly the record of scat daddies at, at Ascot and the way they perform at the track. So Jess Garrington's got a, a proper yeah. one on her hands here. Uh, Sue Nation, another scat daddy. Just, just very quickly uh, on so perfect there. Just yeah. I think she's a prime example of the of the benefit of getting beat on your debut okay because because she yeah. on debut was really really raw and very green and she had enough ability to just get up and win but it was all too much for her stepping up in class she just she was just beaten by rawness here she got locked up and she got very unbalanced um, she had two little slight stumbles in traffic and, and that was what beat her I, I could see her leaving this form behind at Ascot with this she had a very a tough <coughs> experience but an educational experience mm. and if she'd been beaten a, a short if that short head had gone the other way in debut she would have had another run in maiden company and it's of such benefit to them uh, and we had not you know and it's just something to bear in mind that like we and I'm I can't recall if we fell into the trap of talking about this race. Some people will put a positive spin on the fact that they were able to overcome such greenness to win a debut. Oh, how much ability must they have to be able to overcome such greenness? And it's true to an extent, yeah. but they can just get caught out next time. Um, Delaney Roosevelt was another example last season. So green and raw and just got up on debut under a very considerate ride. And then it just took him a few starts to, to, to cop on because they, they go up in class <laughs> And what makes a re- one of the, the things that makes a really good horse is that they're precocious mm. and, and they are forward. And when you put them into group company off just one raw, and it can be very tough for them if they are raw. Um, and I think that that was the case here. She was just, just too raw for, for this better class of race. And it doesn't matter who the trainer is. Or, or who the jockey is it's the same for everybody like horses need education in the same way that we need education and it, just because they've been they're training every single day uh, in their yard doesn't mean that they're suddenly going to go to the race course and know exactly what to do like it's 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 a development process um, i think it's very important to try and balance this conversation in the sense that um when we talk about it's it's a beneficial for some of these horses to be beaten first time out I think when you're looking at juvenile races, you need to be very much of the opinion that this is a race where if the horse comes under pressure and it's an expensive uh, bread in the purple racehorse, the jockey's not going to get stuck into it because you're not going to ruin its career or give it a bad experience first time up. And, and I think maybe that's something to remember about these, these two-year-old races is no matter who it is is training, they just want them to run well. It doesn't necessarily mean that they want them to go and win. If that's it. It's not the same for everyone because some people, um, you know, it's a very important part of their business to have a winner first time out because yeah. they're with a view to selling them. But with, with Aidan O'Brien's, certainly I'd always go in, tell people to go in with their eyes open if they're going to consider backing one first time out because you have to be comfortable with the fact that they're probably, that well, they almost certainly won't get a hard race, win or lose. 
and you need to be prepared to, to have back to shorthead loser under hands and heels riding because that's sometimes that's the way it goes. And as personally, I'd, I'd never ever dream of advising, and never mind doing it myself, I'd never advise anyone to back a Ballydoll two year old first time. And um, I think that's. We don't know what you're betting on. And I think it's probably the worst system you could possibly do in, <laughs> in racing as well. Even if you're told it's a machine, you know, the amount of. I mean, really that's good, a lot of nonsense. The amount though. of the real good ones that have been beaten the first time. Yeah. It's, it's just not. High Chaparral was beaten on debut by a horse who ended up being a hurdler. Yeah, I think. It's, just, it's just not a good idea. You're not going to make money um, in the long term at that sort of crack. In, and I think that the statistics will back up that particular statement. And the race goes rumours that go around as well. I mean, they're just complete nonsense as well. Oh, no. Look, they, they could be working like a proper horse but it doesn't mean they're going to do it yeah. first time yeah yeah Sioux Nation he got beaten on his seasonal reappearance but it's on ground that wouldn't have suited uh, a scat daddy back on good to firm and now firmly on course you would think for the Commonwealth Cup definitely impressed with him um, I was up there had a good look at him god he's a bull of a colt he really is a bull of a colt um, very strong very very strong and look this race just went perfectly for him he, he took a he took a slipstream off lead review um, the gap opened and quickened up well and put put, put them away nicely um, I thought speaking colour shape well behind him the race didn't go quite as well for him didn't didn't wasn't able to get a bit of cover from his wide draw. He's and not beaten far. I mean, you you are Joseph O'Brien's race planner, so is the idea to go to Royal Ascot with him? That's the plan, yeah. And this was it's you know he's hitting his targets. There was a three a two race plan to get to the Commonwealth Cup, and um, this was the second step, hoping he he'd go close. And I think he would have went closer had the race just panned out a little bit better for him. But I'd imagine the Commonwealth Cup, bigger field one would assume very strong pace he should be able to get a bit of cover because he does have a big turn of foot and he just wasn't able to use it here because Donica had you know was obliged to put him into the race earlier than he'd wanted to and was planned just because there was no cover for him out there yeah. he just got caught out in the wing and he, he did the right thing in the moment but um, in, in different what promised to be very different circumstances in the Commonwealth Cup I'd say there could be a bit of improvement in him will he be able to improve and beat Sioux Nation off levels it would be a big ask but I think Sioux Nation is setting the standard um, for that race at the minute and um, yeah we'll be looking forward to the rematch now but Sioux Nation um, is in the driving seat at the minute uh, speaking colours you obviously think quite a lot of now your talking's had quite a bit of racing he's run a stormer here yeah, she's a lovely filly, and again, she she travelled really well. You know, I'd say she'd have no problem going back to five, um, and it's just a case of, of picking a spot for her. You know, huge she, run from her, Kevin. Yeah, look, a good run again. You know, she's just a good filly, travelled very well. You know, she could go for the Commonwealth Cup potentially. Um, there's a, a filly's listed race at Air, I think, at Royal Ascot week that she could that she could go pot hunting in just to get that that a black type win. Which uh, will... that that's proper race planner talk that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Phillies race it's air lads it's during Royal Ascot week no one will be watching we'll take it there we'll hand the right touch oh, lads Jesus Christ Billy Lee oh, as, 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 uh, level. as the shark would say Billy Lee uh, so, yeah. so Billy gets the call you're, you're going over to the UK it's right brilliant Royal Ascot no 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 you're going to air <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll see there's there's options there like you, you, you'd <laughs> love for it with, with a filly like her now she's she's gorgeous she's got a, a fine pedigree you know she's, she's run well in the group one you know she's fourth in the group one she's been multiple stakes placed now but you just love to get a stakes win into her mm. and get that in, in her pocket um, so we'll see you know th- this isn't just a case of you know owners will have a big shout in this as well but th- those are the options there and, and everyone will get together and have a chat and make a decision but th- those those would be the two main options I suspect okay in terms of Royal Ascot Vanessa Royal what was the main horse that impressed you at Nace 
Uh, well, and for Royal Ascot, probably Sioux Nation um, for the Commonwealth. But, I mean, can we not talk about how slippery the bend was? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit, bit of a... What like, was, I don't think it was, how, t- it was horrendous, but... You know, it must have been quite bad to abandon two races. Well, like, you know, how bad is bad? You know, the jockeys came in and said it, it, it felt a bit slippy and you have to listen to them because if you don't listen to them and you go out and run the last no, two and you no, get a pile-up, um, you're, you know, that's a serious issue. So the lads, the, the senior lads came in and expressed concerns and and you, you have to listen to them. It was disappointing. There was plenty of people there with, with runners, but safety first. You know, this is life and death, yeah. <laughs> in, in, you know, to take it to the extreme. And look, the races have been rearranged now for Friday and Saturday. So everyone that was due to have a run will get to run on similar ground at either the Curra or Leopardstown. So look, right decision. Uh, disappointing on the day, but no harm done. And, and you know, everyone came home safe. And That's the, the most important thing. were out the way as well, which is nice. Yeah, you know, the, the, straight, the straight course was just fine. Um, yeah. It was a short day at the races, but there you go. Look, safety first. Yeah. Um, just to go back to national hunt racing, I'm really sorry to see this. Oh. Sir Deschamps passed away. Who oh, was, that's right. Jim. Who was a real favourite of mine. And uh, obviously a, a dual Cheltenham Festival winner and could have got very close to winning a Gold Cup as well. Got a got a fantastic um, Gold Cup run and finishing second to Nicky Henderson's horse. Um, so he'd gone point to pointing and unfortunately he died so Eddie O'Leary was paying tribute to him um, he was a hugely hugely talented horse and uh, just injury uh, affected him but um, really sorry to see that and thoughts of connections uh, William Mullins vet charged with passing inside information about the Faheen injury from 2016 which he claims the charge is based on extraordinarily tenuous evidence yeah, and look, this is Tim Brennan. He's been in the news before. He was the vet that was um, found to have um, some some things he shouldn't have had uh, when the Department of Agriculture were inspecting William Mullins's yard a few years ago, and that ran through the courts, and you know that that came to its conclusion. And look again with all these cases, everybody wants to talk about it now that the news is out. But really, the best advice we could give anyone is perhaps re- reserve judgment until we see the evidence. This could be as innocent as him talking over a cup of tea with his with his brother and brother, men- and, men- yeah. and mentioning it in passing and the brother went off on, on a solo run and, and laid the horse on Betfair it could it could of course be something much more sinister than that but it would be ill-advised to to make any comment or or, or even speculate really until we hear the evidence the case is being heard in and just to say that was speculation from you as well. oh absolute speculation you know, I'm just, just I think it's important giving an example yeah I think it's important to you know, before the case, before the evidence evidence is heard, to appreciate that this could be a very innocent thing, um, or it could be a sinister thing. Those are the considerations, and we will see how it pans out. I think it's being heard in July. Um, it's been a case that's taken an awful long time to come to fruition, which isn't ideal. But the BHA have a whole heap of stuff on their plate. One, as one can imagine, with all that fallout from the the Jim Best. The, the the whole issue related to um, yeah, yeah. around the Jim Best case and yeah. all those cases having to be revisited. So we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it's, it'll be a case that generates big headlines because of the obviously quite scandalous insinuations of the whole thing. But um, I personally, I will certainly be reserving any judgment or um, pointed comment until we, we hear the evidence. Yeah, and it's trial by Twitter these days. But I think you have to. I think you have to just 
take a step back and let's see how this all unfolds. Um, obviously, if there was something sinister, then it needs to be dealt with. But if it if it is a case of, uh, I mean, he is ha- saying tenuous, tenuous uh, evidence. So we we shall see. We shall see. Uh, reserving judgment is exactly the uh, right uh, attitude from Kevin Blake. Uh, finally, America. Oh God. The Triple Crown is on yet again. Yeah. Where is Burger King man? <laughs> What's going on? Why has he not made an appearance yet? Uh, Mike Smith uh, celebrating uh, another victory on Justify for Bob. I got a superstar! Baffet. Um, so He's a cool guy, isn't he? He's a really... <laughs> Were you watching the NBC I, coverage? Yeah. See him, playing, see him playing his guitar. It's brilliant. <laughs> what a cool it's just, guy. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Um, Would you love to have Bob Baffert as your grandfather? Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, just go on a night out with Bob Or even your father. and probably doing him yeah. an, an injustice there. He's not that old. <laughs> no, he's not. And I want Bob Baffert in my life. Honestly, every 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 interview that comes into A-Town, we get the NBC feed in. And actually, yeah. I'll be archiving it tomorrow. And it's literally such a joy because you just get to like hang out. Well, feel like you're hanging out with Bob Baffert. <laughs> he's a very cool guy he's just the coolest guy ever Vanessa is constantly sending snapchats from the production room of herself with the (laughs) image of Bob Baffert in the background uh, trying to trying to make out lunch with my good friend Bob yet again. <laughs> Me and Bob right. hanging out. Let's get it down. Triple Crown winner Kennedy. Yes, no. As I take the role of interviewer once again. No, no, no. Think you, you won't stay? Um, I think it's too difficult to do, and I think something. It, it the Kentucky Derby was a very very strong field, and there will be a number of horses who will come back from that field. Something will be fresh, and something will do them. What that horse is, I have yet to decide. But I'm, I will be backing against him. He'll be a heavy favourite, and I'll be taking him on. Yeah. Oh, I'll be there and cheering him. Though I, I always love when, when there's a triple crown possibility on. It's a, it's a great historic thing, exceptionally difficult thing to do. So I'll be, I'll be supporting him. But I, I personally, and this is coming as a guy that's not, you know, a huge follower of American racing, but just watching him in recent starts, you just wonder he'll be going into the Belmont with a massive target on his arse on his head everywhere and they'll they will not make it easy for him there'll be no. there'll be pace pressure there you'd imagine that he's shown that he can deal with that but over the longer trip they'll be looking to soften him up they'll be looking to beat him up and he'll I mean be- they 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 got they gave it a good go in the race at the weekend yeah. in terms of you know with good magic going up and making him race basically from the absolute off and I mean uh, you know, like obviously everything was closing on him and you can make your own assumptions about how tired or not tired he was. But it's just such a huge ask. And what strikes me about him is he's just like such a big, huge horse. <laughs> and I just wonder if this like bang, bang of races, you know, that race is literally two weeks away now. And he's got to come back from what looked like a pretty tough race to me. And I know these are all the obvious things that make a triple crown so hard to beat, but I just think he is going to be really vulnerable. And I'd love him to do it because I'm with Kevin. I think it's great to have a triple crown horse. But, oh, I'm... I think he's going to struggle. Hey, listen, I, I can just remember, get images of, was it Smarty Jones getting run down by oh Birdstone uh, after something, something Nailed spoiled on the line. him? Something spoiled him, softened him, and Birdstone yeah. came yeah. and done him. I could see something like that happen. That was, <laughs> that was, oh, that was a oh, that rough was a one. Sickener. That was a rough one. That, and, was, and, that and was hard to everyone, take. Everyone, everyone in the Belmont field will look at that race and now think, right, that's how we get him beat yep. because we nearly got him beat this time. Like they got so close to getting him beat and it's him against the rest of the fields. You know, it, it is a bit like that. And so 
I just think now they, they've seen a little weakness. They've seen how they get him beat. He doesn't look as invincible as a horse like American Pharaoh, and I'd be very worried. So you're back up to a mile four. We'll just remind everybody again that Hofberg is the horse that Peter T. Fornatel put up on the podcast at 12 to 1. I think he's halved in price now for the Belmont. Okay. Uh, and he's confirmed to go for it as well. Uh, and Audible was obviously being talked about an awful lot as well Audible. for Todd, Todd Pletcher. I'm going to call an Audible. Can't wait to talk about the NFL again soon. Um, so he's <laughs> soon. It's ages away. Isn't it's it? not. It's not no? that far away at all. Does it's that not that start that far away at all? September. Ah, uh, yeah, but we've got like the draft to talk about. We've got all the. Shut we've up. got all the free agencies. Where's Des Bryant going? Who's Des Bryant going to sign for? Is he going back to the Cowboys? Well, we we better wrap this up. My phone's buzzing here. Um, Boltoro. There's so many interesting ones. I think he'll get done. I think he'll get done. Um, I'll probably go with Hofberg. Uh, to beat him as things stand they'll go with uh, our good friend Peter T. Fornatel but it's a great story and they always are on that bombshell we are done uh, there is no weekend final furlong podcast as I am away I'm afraid I'm off to Sandown uh, there is a rumor that Vanessa Ryle may very well be in attendance it is the Brigadier Gerard Knight it's sponsored by Matchbooks so it's going to be live on ITV4 uh, it should be a lot of fun I'll be there with Sully if you listen to the Matchbook betting podcast you'll know the legend Sully uh, he's a he's a great character so he'll be there as well and, and podcast uh, listeners if you are there and you see Emmett Brando Ar- says go Armadillos is finished lads Brando now says now go on. Brando says go Brando says go Brando says go <laughs> so, so here's the thing I can't wait for us to be at Epsom and Brando will be alongside us and have uh, loyal final furlong podcast listeners shouting Brando says go and Brando going he's a big guy by the way he's a lovely fella going what is going on <laughs> what's happening and the same at Royal Ascot when we're at Royal Ascot for ITV so funny and Brando's alongside us uh, people that in, in fine gear in fine attire yelling Brando says go what Brando's is going go. on so funny uh, Vanessa will I see you at Sandown uh, I don't like planning more than a day in advance. You are also, right. On, I, I, believe, I believe that. I believe that, actually. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, 100% I, I really, believe that. I really, really don't like planning. On that subject, though, when you said, oh, rumour is you might come stand out, Brendan, you know, Brendan, who who is such a good supporter of the Final Film Podcast yes. on Twitter, he tweeted me recently being like, oh, rumour reached me that you were in court the other day in the welcome in. How do you I mean, know? that always... Yeah, he, I don't know. He was talking to someone and they were like, oh, that posh girl from England was in. <laughs> I mean, honestly, can you imagine just like somebody sat in a pub being like, oh, that posh girl from England was in. I, I think if we're going to be sharing so many stories, I might as well say that there's a senior political advisor in the UK <laughs> who, is okay. very, who is very good friends with Miss, Miss Dame Sally Ryle mother of Vanessa Ryle and was raving about this podcast that he listens to only for and saying that oh and there's a lovely girl on it but she uses some really uh, real profanity at times and it's, it's so surprising <laughs> given her given her accent and given her voice that she would say such things <laughs> and she went and that that was the point where Sally Ryle went wait hey, what is the is the podcast called the final furlong he's yeah Oh, that's my daughter. What? Oh, what? so embarrassing. Oh, so, yeah, we've got... Um, and and hello I'm, to you, you by the know? way. Hello hello to that know. kind sir. Can you just all know how much I don't swear anymore? Yeah, you've got better, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, to be Guys, fair, the, the, I'm the... turning pro these days. Honestly, I'm turning pro. And that's why she's the host of the Bloodstock Show. Right. Uh, if you're Ooh. at Sandown, I'll see you there. It's going to be a great night. Uh, the Matchbook Brigadier Gerard race, Ding. and it's all live on ITV4 as well. Uh, make sure you check it out. From at the races, Bloodstock Show host Miss Vanessa Ryle. Brando says go. Brando says go. <laughs> From. From the best Irish pundit in the game, Mr. Kevin Blake. Good luck. And from me, Emma Kennedy, Brando says go! <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the kind words about our conversation about fob tees. Um, it's a conversation that we'll have again and we'll do a, a betting special very, very soon. We've got, we've got something planned, but it was very, very good of you to take the time to tweet us and uh, to say such nice things so we really appreciate it uh, from Kevin, Vanessa and from me we'll talk to you again very soon on the Final Forum Podcast God bless Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details